Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring Modern Drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beat makers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, this show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is your brother, Narda Michael Walden, for Upbeat with Modern Drummer Magazine. Very, very happy to have the, the lovely, wonderful, most beautiful Cindy Blackman Santana speaking with us directly, an interview from the heart, from the soul, from the spirit. And she's a killer on those drums. And she's Tony Williams' fire on them drums. She's Tony Williams' fire on them drums. Please give love and respect and listen to the words and the heart of beautiful Cindy Blackman Santana. This is Narmak Walton for Upbeat. Check it out. Good morning, Cindy, my love. I want to sing for you. Oh, yeah. lovely. It's a folk song written by the highwayman about you. I love it. It goes. Write me a letter soon and I'll be home. 
Cindy. Think about you all the time and know that your inspiration of music is so profound. And very happy to have you on our show this morning. Amen. That was beautiful. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being the bright spirit that you are. And thank you for being my brother and my friend. Yeah, I'm right in the room where you cut your great smash, uh, the John Lennon Imagine. I'm right in the, I'm right in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how are you this morning? How do you feel? I feel fantastic. It's a glorious day. It's uh, outside is beautiful. I can see the water behind us. I can see you. This is wonderful. Are you are you sitting on your bed? Yes. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very I love comfortable. It. I'm very comfortable. <laughs> looks beautiful. Great. Just perfect. Well, here we have a wonderful audience that um, really loves people who play the drums and you are phenomenal. And I just had you to my home about maybe two and a half weeks ago. And when you came in the door, I found this footage of you just playing so intently and so beautifully, so clean, just magnificent. And I just looked at you and I said, can you believe that you can play that? And you were just kind of smiling at me. And I was just taken aback by what you are able to do on those drums. I mean, I, I know great drummers. We all have seen great drummers. But you're one of a kind. I have to really give it to you. The way you play and the things you can, the things you can play and the combinations of things you can play are just incredible. So you really are mind-blowing to me. I must just tell you that. Wow, I'm honored. Yeah. Yeah, because you're incredible. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to say. I'm a little speechless. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So let me let me ask you about you. Um, come from Ohio, is that correct? Yes, Yellow Springs, Ohio. So then, tell me a little bit about how you feel that Ohio and where you come from is a part of you, part of your playing. You know, Yellow Springs at the time that I was there. Um, and I left when I was 11, but okay. the population was 3,000, yeah. you know, in the town. And so it was a place where anything that you, that you did or said or were, you had to own up to because yeah. everybody knew you. you That's know, right. and, and our kids, you know, we, I have uh, two sisters and a brother and we were all, you know, um, uh, black children with freckles and red hair, you know? And so there weren't any other kids that looked like us. So there's no mistaking, you owned everything that you did, you know? And it was great because it really taught you to take responsibility for yourself, you know? And to res take responsibility for your actions and, you know, to really think about what you're doing. Yes. You know, you're not just doing willy nilly, you know, you got to think about it, you know, okay, because if I do this, I know that it's going to show up. Everybody's going to know it. So I got to make sure that I not only make choices that I believe in, but, you know, make choices that are good, positive choices. Mm -hmm. um, so that really set um, a course for me in terms of how I wanted to be as a person. Um, and as a drummer as well. And mm -hmm. it's a little 
very, it's, it's a small little niche, but it's a very creative little niche. There was like an art theater, there were musicians, there were, you know, were people who were just artists and, you know, into yoga and different things like that. So it was a very free spirited place in terms of the creativity, but also in terms of our freedom um, as, as children, you know, because we could run around without fear. You know, our, our parents didn't worry about us. We didn't have to lock our doors. We could just go about, you know, um, there was a control though, because, you know, our parents and our grandparents, our grandmothers were checking on us and checking for us and checking to make sure that we were doing the right thing. But we well, within that, you know, we had this, this free space to kind of roam. So we had this beautiful controlled freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I I I believe that I I I take that also to the drums, this controlled right. freedom, because I like being in control. I like knowing what I'm doing, but I like the space for it to be free enough that it's very creative. Um, and we 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 achieve that because I believe you you have the same quality. That's how we came up with with Imagine, the way that it came out. You know, um, so I think I take some of those qualities uh with me in life in drumming you know in every aspect of my life mm-hmm. beautiful beautiful uh i met your beautiful father uh <laughs> you know and let's just say something about him because he was really quite a character and a big oh, part of your life you know he was definitely <laughs> he was the character you know it is funny because i'm reading my big book and uh uh it's called the knowledge book. And I opened this page today, funny, and, and it had this, which is a picture of my dad. Oh, you know, yes. um, this came from uh, his celebration of life. My cousin made these up for us and, and I have it in my big book. And so when I was reading this morning, I opened that and it's like, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all good, you know? And that's, that's my dad's spirit. He was just, um, you know, he was a military guy, so he had this, you know, which I didn't always like, but he had another side that was um, very much a free spirit, a character, a, a, a character who was like a joker, you know? So he, <laughs> he had this real playful side, you know? Um, he played cards and he would play cards, you know, that's what they do in Iowa, people play cards, you know? And he would play cards and cheat. And my cousins, <laughs> my cousins would catch him and he'd say, oh, you didn't read that chapter of my book. <laughs> you know, he would do things like that. My dad was a real character joker and he loved you. You know, I remember when we when we uh, were all at our house uh, celebrating um, Carlos's birthday. Yeah. Uh, my dad saw you, you know, it was a very intimate, just family and friends. And of course you, you're in, you know, in, in that, cause you're our family. Um, and when my dad saw you, he thought you were his son at one point and he had dementia, you know, but when he saw you, there was like this recognition, this love, he thought you were his son at one point. He thought you were his brother at yeah. one point, you yeah. know, and he was so happy to see you because his brother, <clears throat> although younger than him, he passed some years before my dad. So he was like elated to see you because he was like, ah, you know, I'll never forget that moment, you know, and you were looking like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was so beautiful to see him have that 
reactions. So a lot of times when I when I see you, I feel that, you know, I think of that because it just really made my dad so happy. Wow. It was awesome. I know, it's a beautiful moment. He's like, I didn't know you were going to be here or something like that. He said to me, I was like, oh, okay. He's like, look at me like, you know, you know, we, we're, we're tight. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you were, <laughs> you were beautiful because you just went right along. You didn't yeah, say, right. no, man, I'm this, I'm, I'm not your brother, I'm not your son. You didn't say that. You just no, went right, right along with the feeling. You fell right into it. Like you didn't miss a beat, you know? So it was, it was beautiful. My dad, you know, we, as I said, we left Ohio when I was 11. And my dad got a job transfer. Uh, we went to, first we looked at Baltimore. Uh, he was looking at a job there and I didn't like Baltimore. So I was like, whew, I hope we don't move here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just didn't, I wasn't feeling the neighborhood that we went to, you know, that's probably what it was. Cause all the houses were like the same. And it was one of those kind of neighborhoods where every house looked the same. And I wasn't used to that. I was used to every house being individual, you know, from, from Yellow Springs. And, um, he ended up getting a different job and that chance for led us to Connecticut. So oh, we went okay. to Connecticut yeah. and I was crying because I didn't want to leave. I mean, everything that I knew was there, you know, yeah. my cousins were there. We just moved into a new house some months before we were right up the street from the pool. You know, I was getting into the drums and everything was great, you know, in my, my world. And I was crying, 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 crying. And he said, you know, we can stay here, but if we do, he said, you like music, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, you're not gonna have many opportunities here. He said, but if we go to a bigger city, you're gonna have more opportunities. He said, how many of your, of your, of your young girlfriends, and I had some, a couple of friends who were like a little older than me. I was 11, I had some friends who were like 14, 13, 14, yeah, yeah. and uh, 15, you know, in there, I had some older friends because uh, they were into sports and music like me. Yes, and um, yes. he said, how many of those girls are already pregnant? And I knew about two of them who were already pregnant, which is a lot when you're 11, okay. to know two girls in your sphere who are pregnant. Mm -hmm. And he said, you could do that. He said, you could stay here and you know raise children and have a family and that'll be great. He says, but if you wanna get into music, you need to be in a place where you're going to have more opportunity and you're going to have more chances to do what you love to do. And right. I just stopped crying. Wow. I was like, eh, oh. okay. I was like, eh, mm. <laughs> you know, I stopped right away because I totally understood what he was saying. Right. And he was right. I, I had more opportunities in terms of, you know, music and uh, uh, being exposed to, to just different things, you know, mm -hmm. um, in, in, in life, meeting more people and, um, you know, I still missed my little town, but yeah. it was a great, um, move for us because of, of the exposure, because of the widening of our, of our, of our scope. Well, so now where in, in Connecticut did you go? What town? Uh, first we went to Bristol, Connecticut. Okay. And then we lived in a few places. We went to Bristol, Connecticut, then Cromwell, Connecticut. Um, and then uh, to West Hartford, Connecticut, which is where wow. I graduated high school. And then I went on to Boston to go to mm -hmm. school there. Wow. And Hartford is very famous in my life because that's where I first saw Vishnu with Billy go at it in Hartford. In Hartford? They tore it up so bad. My mind is still on fire. <laughs> in Hartford. <laughs> my mind is still ablaze. 
from what I saw <laughs> in, seven, in 73 in Hartford. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So then let me ask you this then. Um, musically, can you name like some of the early records that you bought or were given to you that really were big in your heart when you were little? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, um, when I was really small, um, I used to just raid my dad's collection and okay. he liked to listen to jazz. So he had a lot of Ahmed Jamal. He had Ooh. some Miles Davis. He had um, modern jazz quartet, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And I used to listen to that stuff. You know, he, he liked uh, the flute. So he had um, people like Herbie Mann, you know, Hubert Laws, yeah. you know. And so I used to just raid his 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 collection when he was at work. I'd go and listen to all of his records, you know. Um, and then my older sister, who's like six years my senior, which yeah. means that she collected more music than me. She had the opportunity to gain. So she had like 200 records. Oh, a lot. Okay. And uh, yeah. And so I used to rate her collection mm-hmm. as well. So she had every everybody from the Beatles to uh, Coltrane to Miles to Rufus and Chaka Khan to Stevie Wonder to James Brown. You know, she had um, Chicago. She had Kansas. She she <laughs> she had Hendrix. You know, oh, she yeah. had so many people in, in her in her collection. Mm-hmm. And I was able to just go through that collection and just listen to a whole collage of incredible music. Wow. Um, so that was very helpful. And my mom, uh, she's a classical violinist. So, you know, I had the classical side from her Um, and my grandmother, her mom was a classical pianist. So I had that from, from my mom and my grandmother, you know, um, I was able to hear all that. My dad's mom played uh, piano in the church. So I had all the church side from her. And, and so I could hear, you know, all the hymns and the gospel songs and all that from, from, from my grandmother, from my other grandmother, uh, my paternal grandmother. Um, so there was a lot of, a lot, a lot of music that, you know, I was able to, to get exposed to very early on. And the first record that really, really turned my head, um, and I heard all the pop stuff, you know, I heard everything, but uh, a, a drummer friend of ours turned me on to um, uh, a Max Roach record um, and uh, Drums Unlimited. And he wrote out a Max Roach pattern. And it was, and I had, at that point, I was playing a three-limb style because I was copying all the funk drummers, the rock drummers. Um, And he wrote out this pattern. Max was swinging in the right hand. He's playing triplets in the left hand, four, four on the the bass drum he was feathering, and two and four on the sock cymbal. And so my friend wrote this out for me, our family friend, the older drummer, who actually played with Jackie McLean. Um, and he wrote this little pattern out for me. And I was like, he's doing what with all four limbs? What? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I started really, that opened my head up, you know, and then um, a guitar player, friend of my sister turned me on to Tony Williams. And he was like, you know what, if you want to hear the greatest drummer, if you want to be a great drummer, you have to check this guy out. And he didn't tell me who it was at first. He took me to his house and sat me down in his basement he went upstairs and he was eating dinner or something with his family I don't know what they were doing but he put on this record and I was listening and my jaw dropped and he came downstairs and he says um what'd you think of that and I said that was incredible Mm -hmm. and I thought it was just you know 
some older guy, I didn't know who it was. And he said, um, that was Tony Williams. And uh, he's playing with Miles Davis. And he said, um, on this recording, he was 16. And I was <laughs> tripping, I was like 16. Mm -hmm. It just blew my mind. And that was uh, Miles Davis live in Europe. And then he put on four and more. So those two records really, really set me on a course. Um, so those were, those three records are probably the earliest ones that really, really got me in terms of making me a very um, serious uh, uh, study of, of, of the yeah. drums, you know, yeah. student of the drums. And yeah. I loved the drums before, but I became a very, very serious student upon hearing those three records. Gotcha. That's right. Okay. That, that's great. Now, this is the juncture I want to, I want to get into. You jump off and get in this very serious in drums. Yes. What about that funk backbeat that you also have in you that's so powerful? Was that already inlaid in you by that time or did that come later in your life? Oh no, that was there because I loved all that stuff. You know, right. we grew up in Bootsy and my and my I'm from Ohio. You right. know, so that's Bootsy and Powell player, really funky yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah, oh, I grew yeah, up yeah. on that. Are you right. kidding? Right. I'd rather be you? Are you kidding? Yeah. I used to yeah. hear that all the time. All that right. Bootsy stuff, right. James right. Brown stuff, we we played that all the time. And I always yes. heard. You know, right. so that's that's in my core. I don't think that, you know, that that's not going anywhere because that's just right. there. You know, I right. was born with that. You that's know, it. I heard that from <laughs> from uh -huh. birth. <laughs> uh -huh. And yeah. then what do you think gives you the intensity that you play? That's something in your core and your character, too. You have an intensity when you play. Can you speak on that? Oh, thank you. I, I like intensity. I like physicality. You know, I've always liked uh, sports and physical things, you know, mm -hmm. ever since I was a child, I just like that thing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I love that aspect of drumming as well as all the other nuances that you get, you know? So it's just part of my personality, I think, mm -hmm. you know, I like that. It's, it's yeah. to me, it's very invigorating, yeah. you know? And you're you're like that. You 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 you're a powerful cat. You know you would you, know, you got guns, brother. You are not messing around. You know um, it's exhilarating, right? Yes, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I wonder, could it be any influence that our dads have this kind of a military background that maybe influences us to, to hit hit the drums the way we hit them? Could you be. Think about that. Yeah, I didn't, but I didn't, but we have that in common and, you know, it no. could very well be something like that because, yeah. you know, my dad, like I'm sure yours being a military guy was like, mm, you know, if, if you misspelled a word, yeah. oh, he's on your, if I misspelled oh, yeah. a word, yeah. I, I was fearing for my life and I'm, exactly. not great speller. I'm not that great of a speller. So I was like, oh, no, yeah. no, yeah. daddy, I'm sorry, I'll spell yeah. it right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that energy is that backbeat <laughs> intensity. You know what I mean? Because you know, oh, yeah. that's, that's how you get them out. That's how you get them out. You get it out. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And that's then right. also, which we don't talk about very much, but I want to with you, there's like a, in the hood, in the, where you're raised, uh, other drummers, and you're trying to play, you got to bring it. You can bring that's, it. Now speak about that because, you know, we don't talk about it, but when it's your turn, you better bring it. <laughs> <laughs> you, better, yeah. you better come with it, you know. And and it's like that kind of in life too. I, I I have a brother who's you know like three years older than me, and um, he wanted a little brother when I was born. Was very disappointed that I was a girl, you know. Um, he loved me, but he was very disappointed because he wanted somebody to play with. So when I got to be a certain size, he would take me and to every 
sport that he loved, he would take me and make me learn how to do it. You know, he used to take me to play basketball, which I, I fell in love with and I played all my life. You know, I had to play football. I had to play baseball. I had to play soccer. You know, I had to play all the things that my brother loved because he wanted somebody to play with, yeah. you know? And I remember, and he, 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 he really built me up that way, but he always made me fight my own battles because there was a boy who wanted to fight me. And I remember, I was just telling, really in this story to my mom a few days ago, there was, there was a boy, and I was about eight years old. And there was a boy that in my grade, my, my class that wanted to fight me. I don't even remember why. And so I was, I was scared because he was a big tall boy, you know? And I was thinking, oh no, I gotta fight this boy tomorrow. And so I came home and I said, Tony, my brother, Tony, I said, Tony, this boy, I'm not gonna repeat his name, but I said, so-and-so wants to fight me. And, you know, he wants to fight me tomorrow after school at three o'clock. I'm really scared. I said, will you come and, and beat him up for me? Mm -hmm, <laughs> My brother mm -hmm. said, girl, I am not fighting your battles. You better learn how to get out of that yourself. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I had to figure it out. Wow. I had to figure out how to get out of that. And I ended up not fighting the boy because I knew I couldn't beat that boy, you know, but I had to stand up for myself, you know. So that's probably another thing, you know, that gave me a little bit of, mm -hmm is because I, I had to. My brother wouldn't yeah. stand up for me. No way. So what happened with the boy? What happened with the fight? Um, I talked my way out of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't fight him. You know, I was not going to fight that boy. I mean, he was like, you know, I was eight and he was also eight, but he was probably about, was very tall. He was probably at least six inches taller than me and a boy, you know, he's bigger than me. There's no way I was going to to fight that kid, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I just I just talk my way out of it. Cause so I'm like, look, I'm not fighting. I'm just not gonna do it. You know, uh, you shouldn't be fighting me and, and I'm not fighting you. This is not gonna happen. That's right. just, so, you know, if you do something, everybody's gonna see that you're just bullying cause I'm not gonna fight you. Right. I'm not doing it. Very good, very good. And he backed okay. down. He was like, hmm. I guess he said, okay. I guess she has a point. And yeah. so we, we, you know, fortunately, and we, you know, we, sort of became friends, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then in your life, you've gone on to study with Alan Dawson. You've studied with these genius teachers and musicians. You have watched firsthand and became friends and family with Art Blakey. You have studied with and seen these geniuses in New York change our lifetime with the greats of the Tony Williams and people like that. So I'm saying to you, how do you feel after seeing and witnessing all the things you've seen in your life? Ooh, that's yeah. a great question. And, yeah. it, and it's, it just makes me have a, a beautiful, deep breath and, 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 and thankfulness and gratefulness for experiencing the experiences that I have experienced. I, I, I uh, am so blessed to have gone to New York when I did um, because Art Blakey was alive, Philly yeah. Jojo, right, Joe right. Jones, uh, Elvin, um, Kenny Clark. I even, I met Kenny Clark and he saw me sit in, you know, um, Papa Joe. I got to meet Papa Joe. I got to see him play, you know, Max, Roy, we still have Jimmy Cobb, you know, um, uh, all the great drummers, you know, Ed Blackwell, um, Lewis Hayes, all these cats, you know, some of them are still in New York. Uh, Al Foster, Billy Hart, you know, so many drummers were, were there and so many other musicians. Um, and Art Blakey was like, you know, the, the daddy of everybody, you know, he was right. everybody's daddy. Yeah. Um, 
And so being around him was just so incredible. I mean, firstly, whoever you were, if you hung out with our Blakey, when you left his side that day, when you left his presence, you left feeling exalted because you left being proud of whoever you were, whether it was white, black, male, female, drummer, trumpet player, saxophone player, bass player, uh, fiddler, you know, harmonica player, whatever you were, whatever, whatever you did, whoever you were, whatever you were, you left with a sense of pride, you know, in that. You know, um, he really built people up. His thing was 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 making leaders and, you know, um, obviously innovating great music because that's what he did. Mm -hmm. um, being around him was just priceless. I can't even put, I could never put, you know, a value on that because it was so incredible to yeah. be around him. I, I was able to, to babysit for his kids, which meant that I was around him a lot. You know, I was at his house a lot and he would tell me multiple stories all the time. You know, he would show me things, you know, and, 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 and some things had nothing to do with, with drumming directly. You know, one time um, he came over to my house and he wasn't feeling good. You know, he said, Cindy, he called me, I need tea and sympathy because Wallace was playing with his group, the trumpet player, and Wallace just left to go with Tony. And so Art was upset. You know, yeah. because he didn't have his trumpet player. Yeah, and so yeah. he came over <laughs> and I was broke. I didn't have anything to serve him. It was like, he called me at like eight in the morning. And I was like, and I'm not going to say don't come. You know, I said, just come, 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 come. And all I had was tea and, and toast. Yeah. So I made him some toast with some butter and some mm -hmm. tea. Yeah. And I was trying to cheer him up. So I put on around midnight so that he could see Dexter. And we watched that for a little while. And then we went out for a ride. And he took me, he had a, a kind of a secret apartment in New Jersey <laughs> that was where he would go to, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, think things out or whatever. I don't know what he did, but he took me over there and he sat me down and talked to me about governments. He talked to me about the music scene. He talked to me about, you know, so many different things, uh, politics. And I was like, my, my jaw was, was, was again dropped to the floor because I didn't expect for him to be saying all these things to me, but he was schooling me. Yeah. You know, he was telling me stuff. And there was another time where he had this uh, bus, <laughs> like a big, um, it was like a school bus, like a big tour bus, school bus kind of thing. It wasn't quite a tour bus, but it was kind of combination tour bus, school bus, you know, those big yellow buses. It wasn't yeah. a yellow bus, but it was like that kind of thing. And so he was driving and it was just me and him in this bus. We were driving around New York City. And he said, Cindy, you drive. And I was like, I don't know how to drive a bus. I can't drive a bus. He said, yes, you can. You can drive anything. He said, you can. And he pulled over and he said, sit down. And he made me drive. I had to learn how to, I learned right that second how to drive a bus. To this day, I know how to drive a bus. Yes. Because of him. You know, so many little things. Of course, you know, there was music things. There was you know, he taught me something about how to protect myself if I'm by myself walking around at night. Because it was like, you walk around at night, you go late, you go to clubs, and then you get on that train and you go home. He says, you need to know this. And he taught me something about protecting myself. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he would talk me about, shade, talk me about uh, like shading uh, symbols and how to, you know, get different tones and sounds out of the symbols, different ways to hold the stick, different ways to hit the, the symbol. You know, he would tell me different things. He told me about playing on a pillow, you know, so many things. Um, he talked to me about 
different musicians, you know, and and he talked to me about different drummers and, and kind of some things that he thought about different drummers. Um, it was just incredible to be around someone like that. And 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 another one more thing is I remember uh, there was this club called the Barry Harris um, Jazz Cultural Theater, and Barry threw a, a birthday party for Art. It was his birthday, and so everybody was there to hang out and celebrate Art. And Roy Haynes was there. Roy Haynes was sitting in playing, and and I was sitting with Art. And you know we were both watching Roy and just enjoying this celebration of him. Yeah. And and he said, "Sam," and he slapped his knee. He told me mm -hmm. to sit on his knee, and I yeah. sat on his knee. And now by now we're in the break, you know. So they're taking a break, and there's some music playing, and he's tapping going like this to the music and I'm going like this to the music. And all of a sudden I looked at him like this and I was like, because it was him and Monk, him playing with Monk. And I was like, I said, Art, you, you play so innovatively. Yeah. I said, when did you start playing like that? You know, because he's playing all these, you know, six against four and triplets and all this beautiful stuff, all these polyrhythms. <laughs> he said, I always play like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So it was amazing being around him and all the different people and just, you know, funny stuff, incredible stuff, stuff to make you laugh. I was going to Colony Records one time, walking down uh, from the train station, and I see this guy and he has this big trench coat with the lapels pulled up and dark sunglasses and a hat just pulled down. And he's walking like this, you know, and so he kind of trying to be incognito, but it's like, 80 degrees out in the summer. I'm like, who is that? And I get a little closer. It was Max Roach. <laughs> oh, All right, see? So many incredible things in New York. That was really, really amazing. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm blessed to, to have been in New York at that time. Mm -hmm. I saw all those cats <clears throat> who right. made music. The, the, yes. the interesting thing is they innovated bebop. They innovated jazz. They're the innovators of that music. So, so to see that was like, Incredible. Thank you for the great story. I want to just share with you one thing about how Art Blakey touched my life in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm in the middle mm. of nowhere, which is Kalamazoo, Michigan. And my dad, after we do our work on Saturday morning, we go to his friend's house, Marvin's basement, where my dad might have a Budweiser, a little beer. And he and his friends are talking, having this beer. And on the music, on the stereo in Marvin's basement, is Jimmy Smith, The Sermon. And I walk close to the speakers to hear this music. And it's a long record. It's like 21 minutes long almost. And the drumming of Art Blakey is backbeat, like that of rock and roll of ching, 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 The whole record. He might play once or twice. And I'm just floored that he's playing this simple backbeat against all the soloing in the world that Jimmy's putting down, uh, you know, Lee Morgan on the trumpet, all these cats are playing beautifully. He ain't tugged by that. He's just playing that backbeat. And it was like, for me, e equals MC square. That backbeat in jazz is swinging. He taught me that. Yeah. And I, and I, I never forget the power in my heart that it doesn't have to always be this busy stuff. It can just be just, power of laying it down for 22 minutes <laughs> damn that's who art blakey is to me i know he can play all the but that he can hold it like that that long against jimmy smith 
throwing everything in the, in the book at him. Nope, <laughs> just that groove. I was like, dang, this guy's got power. That's yeah. why I love Art Blakey. Yeah. That's my story. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that story. You know, and, 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 and a little um, addition to that is uh, he was playing uh, with the Jazz Messengers um, at uh, Village Gate. Okay. Upstairs, they used to have music and downstairs they had music, but he yeah. was, he was uh, downstairs at the gate at this time. And I'll never forget, Walter Davis Jr. was playing as well. Yeah. And um, I was standing on the side just watching him. And so he's playing and he went like this to me, you know, so I walk over and I, I, I bend down to hear what he's going to tell me, you know, like, I don't know, does he want me to get him some sticks or some water? I don't know what he wanted, you know? And he said, sit down and play, yeah. play this beat and don't budge. And he was playing a shuffle. Yeah. And so I had to play his shuffle and not budge. And he said, play till I come back. And I don't know where he went. He went somewhere and I played until he came back. When he came back, he went like that, which I meant, you know, I was like, okay, I guess I did all right. He just gave me a nod, <laughs> it sticks, and then he, he started, you know, but yes, that's him, man. I love that. Don't you love that? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Woo! I love it. I love it too. I love your story because that's it. That's him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's our Blakey. Everybody's well, daddy. Yeah, that's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I'm going to go over to another place now. I'm going to go over to when I first saw you in video. Uh, are you going to go my way playing them drums so intently, looking so hot with that backbeat again? We all went. Stand back. <laughs> you transformed everybody in the rock world, the jazz world. We were all transformed. Speak about it. Speak about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really awesome. I, I you know, it's funny because because Lenny used to laugh at me. He said, you didn't know what you were stepping into, did you? I was like, no, I didn't because I didn't know who he was, you know, mm -hmm. And Antoine, who you know, uh, Wallace's brother, he was friends with Lenny. And he said, you know, hey, my, my friend has been looking for a drummer for about a year and a half. And when he calls me again, he said, I don't have his number, but when he calls again, would you want to talk to him? And I said, who's your friend? And he said, Lenny Kravitz. And I said, who's that? And he said, oh, well, he used to be married to Lisa Bonet. And I said, oh, okay. I know Lisa Bonet because I watch the Cosby show all the time. You know, and I really forgot about it maybe Three or four months later, Antoine calls. He says, hey, my friend Lenny's on the line. You want to talk to him? I said, okay. So we got on the line, you know, and 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 we started talking. And uh, he asked me if I had drums set up, which I did in my house. And he asked me if I would play, which I did. And I got back and I uh, on the phone after I played for, I don't know, five minutes or so. And, and uh, he said, uh, I said, could you hear that? You know, because I wasn't really playing that softly. And I know the phone speaker was small. I said, was it clear? You know, could mm. you hear? He said, yeah, I'm in L.A. Can you fly out here right now? And I was like, OK. And so um, the next morning, six o'clock, I was on a flight to L.A. Um, and he said, you know, come for two days, just pack for two days. Come, no strings attached. Come yeah. sit in with my band, you know, play with us and then I'll send you home. Okay. And I said, okay. And I figured this would be a cool chance to to meet some rock and roll cats, go to LA. I had actually never been to LA. So I thought, okay, this will be kind of fun. 
you know, just go meet some new musicians, play, and then I'll go home. Um, I ended up staying for two weeks auditioning because when I, uh, you know, instead of like when I got there, uh, he picked me up at the airport and he, and he first took me to his mom's house, you know, and when I saw her, I was like, that's your mom? Because mm -hmm. I grew up watching the Jeffersons. So, so Roxy Roker, I was like, wow. And she was such a beautiful person. I was so impressed with her. I just fell in love with her right away. Such a sweetheart, you know, sweetheart and sweetheart. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went to a casting that he was doing for, I don't know, some movie or film or something. And then we went over to the house where he was staying, um, waiting on the instruments to arrive. And all these drummers started arriving. And so there were like 40 drummers there, you know? <laughs> so I auditioned, uh, he chose me like right away. And um, there were like 38 people left. <laughs> And his manager said, well, you can't just leave those cats sitting out there. It's not not nice. You know, they all came. So he auditioned all of them. Uh, he found one more that he that he liked. And there was a guy coming from London. Um, so the next day, he I played opposite the, the guy from the 38 that he liked. And he chose me still. And then I played opposite the, the London drummer, um, who I liked a lot. God, God bless him. He's uh, passed away. Uh, Michael Michael Lee, he ended up playing with Robert Plant, a great drummer. Um, mm -hmm. But Lenny chose chose me again, mm -hmm. and uh, I stayed for two weeks, learned all the music, and at the end we did. Uh, Are you going to go my way? Uh, that video, um, and after the it was a long shoot. It was like a 16, 17 hour shoot. Mm -hmm. um, and after the after the shoot, um, he and and the guys walked me outside, and Lenny said, um, "So you want to join my band?" And I said. Yeah, when do we start? And he said, <laughs> "We started two weeks ago." He started laughing, you know. And that was that was that was the beginning of it. We started rehearsing, and then we we you know, um, that was the end of 1992. Um, and then in '93 we started touring, um, and that lasted for for quite some while. So it was it was a blast, you know, playing uh, that stuff um, because it's just raw, you yeah. know, raw yeah. guttural and. A lot of energy, um, and so I, I, I really enjoyed that. I had fun doing that. <laughs> Do you think he was uh, impressed with your level of intensity again? Was that part of what what brought the fire for him with you? Um, I think so. You know, he told me that he was looking for a drummer who played uh, really powerfully. Yeah. you know, who was soulful and powerful. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, I never expected to find that in a woman. He yeah. said, I, so I was, you know, you know, and, and he plays drums. So he knows what he's looking for because he's, he's, mm -hmm. he's a, an excellent drummer. Mm -hmm. He plays great grooves. Um, and uh, so he was looking for, for something powerful and soulful. And it, it was just funny that he said, I, 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 wasn't thinking of a woman. He said, not that I wouldn't hire a woman. I just wasn't thinking of that. He said, I didn't think I would find that in a, in a woman. I was thinking, you know, some big burly guy, you know, like, like you, man. But it worked, you know, we, we, we fit well. And, you know, once, especially once we learned each other. And yeah. for me, I learned his language, you know, because, you know, I came from school where, uh, uh, people speak about music in a, in a certain way. And he came from another direction, you know, where he's speaking about music in his own way. And so I had to learn his, his language. You give know, us an idea. Can you, can you give us an idea of that language? Can you give us an idea? 
Yes, if there, if he wants you to play, for me, if he wanted me to play uh, a sixteenth note um, or an eighth note as opposed to a quarter note, he would say, uh, "It's faster. Mm-hmm. It, it comes faster." He wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's, it, you know, one, two, three. So it comes faster than. Uh, 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 so to him, uh, uh, means it comes. The note comes faster than a quarter note. Something like faster. I don't know what that means. What's that mean? And as I had to figure out, you know, what what he meant. But then yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I got you. I, I yeah. see. I, so mm-hmm. then I, I started to become more relaxed with it. You know, once I learned what he was talking about. Yeah. You know. Um. But he's uh yeah it, it was it was a lot of fun and the, the the band was was also very raw and 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 guttural you know lots of energy and especially when when uh, we got the, the the second bass player um, Jack he really tied things in because he really fit um, with the feel and with the energy um, the whole vibe was was really transformed at that point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a, a great experience. <laughs> okay, great. This is brings me now to Carlos. Um, you and Carlos are one, you're married, you're together. And then can you speak about what it's like to work with him? What it's like to play with him? What it's like to be part of that tremendous energy that he puts down? So anything you want to say about that? Oh yeah. And yeah, you know, he's your brother. So I, you, you, you know him before me. So you, this is nothing new, but you know, to you. <laughs> <laughs> but his energy is like off the chain and I'm, I, and he draws from the same source that I draw from and that you draw from, you know, um, working with him is amazing because, you know, he comes from that era of Clapton, Hendrix, John McLaughlin, you know, all this incredible music played by these cats and, you know, he'll sit down and play a Hendrix riff and I'm like, wait a minute, because it sounds different than when young cats play that same thing. You know, he was there, you know, he felt that, he feels that, you know, and he'll play his own thing and it's like, whoa, you know, he's got a a real beautiful thing because, you know, he doesn't care about playing as fast as Grease Lightning. Uh And he can, he's got chops, so he can do it but he doesn't care about that. He cares about playing a, a, a note and a feel and making it um, real, making it drive, you know, making beautiful notes happen, singing, you know, carrying a melody, those things that keep you humming a song, that's what he thinks about. And so to see that is really beautiful because um, the reaction from, from people is, is, is amazing. And to play with that is great because his tone is so incredible. He's got a sound that just won't quit. It's just beautiful. I mean, his feel is is awesome. You know, it's luscious. So it's it's lovely playing with him. He's he's a great musician. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when when uh, we were in the studio doing my record, and we've been in the studio doing many things that we've seen him do together uh, that have been outstanding. But when he played that ballad. Um, you don't want to break my heart. Yes. When he laid that down, we were yes. all looking at each other like yeah. me, you, and, and 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 our buddy Jim. We were like, yeah, whoa, because he just played it straight through, and it was like so emotional, mm-hmm. so you know, so much intent and intention, and so much um, 
incredible vibration, you know, and so beautiful at the same time. Yeah. It was just, that's, that's, that's him in a nutshell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. When I watched him do that, I felt like he was like a, like a, like a kid, 19 year old or even younger, mm -hmm. just, just playing his heart and, and not ever wanting to ruffle your feather by giving you all the love in the world. I mean, that, that song had a lot of meaning behind it. And when you sing it to him, don't you go be breaking my heart. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. And he yeah. played like that. I mean, it was incredible. So sincere. Yeah. And that's that's that should be a single, that song. That people need to hear that. Make it yeah. make, make make a video or do something behind that because that's we should. We ooh, should. Man. That, that's that's that so song beautiful. You know, summertime romance jam. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Cindy, I just think that you've done so much in such a short time in your life. You're still young, whole thing to go ahead of you. But because you, because of your life and your drive and your aspiration, being in New York, coming from Connecticut, coming from Ohio, all things you've seen, things you've done, you've, who you've worked with, and now with Santana and all these things that come through in that world and the travels you've done, I do want to speak about uh, anything you've felt and learned now from making of your album and where that takes you for your future. You made a great imagine. We're talking about the ballad that Carlos played on. Your album was really spectacular. Spectacular album. So here we have this great body of work. And then what is you, what is for your future now? What do you want for yourself? I know you're planning, you're doing all this, but just anything you want to say to us. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, expansion is the key for me, you know, and, and freedom of expression. So, you know, if I want to sing something, you know, I want to sing it. Yes. Um, but I never want to not express myself here on the, which is on the drums because that's my baby, you know? So uh, I just see more vastness mm -hmm. of what I can share with the messages, with the music, with being creative, you know, with reaching more people, bringing uh, more creativity, which is more free thinking to um, larger audiences. Um, and I, I think we need that, and especially you know, in these times, it's crazy. You have to think for yourself. Yeah. You know, you have to make a choice for yourself, whatever that choice is. But you have to do it because it's what you want, not because you're herded to do it, not because, you know, it's the popular thing to do, but you should do it because you want to do it, That's you know, because right. you think it's right. So mm -hmm. free thinking, creative thinking, uh, independent thinking is what I want to help promote. And, yeah. you know, by being creative, um, that's what you're doing. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, you do all these things beautifully. And I also want to say you sing beautifully. You play beautifully. We love you for that. But you also sing beautifully, which I did not what? know until we made this, <laughs> this last recording, how beautifully you sing. And wow. uh, I hope that you carry on making your smashes and your hits and your vibes with your voice and your drumming, because that's uh, quite unique, very unique. I mean, I think back in my life, how much I love Karen Carpenter. She was another great drummer and singer. Now she just <laughs> brought so much to, to, to the world. And you, in your own way, this is your way now to just keep transforming us too with your drumming and your singing. Wow, thank you. And thank you for your help because you, yeah. you know, I this is my first, uh, my maiden voyage at singing and you really <laughs> helped me a lot. You're such a great coach, such a great producer. We know you're a great drummer. That's hands down. We know, we know that, but you, you have all these other incredible talents. And so, you know, I think that people 
know what you do in terms of drumming, producing, and you know um, all that kind of stuff. But you know, I don't know if people know how sweet of an individual you are. You know, they can get that maybe from your vibe, but you know, working with you really comes out, and that to me is 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 like gold because you know it's so inspiring. Um, and you really know how to bring something out of a person. So I, I, I thank you a lot because you, you really helped me with that. And so, you know, this is a, 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 a team that I, you know, want to see uh, do more things, you know? Yes, 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 me too. Well, I can't wait. Uh, we got, we got you know, COVID hit us and, uh, you know, we all did things to kind of batten down the hatches, but I'm very eager to, whenever you want to have you back at Tarpan Studios and make some new Cindy Smashes. It's my favorite to work with you. Sounds so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to that. We're going to do it. <laughs> so on closing, anything that you would like to say to our fans of the show Upbeat, they look to us for the inspiration. They look to us for the God connection because they know it's real. Anything you want to say, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you so much. I, I hope that people follow their hearts um, and not be dissuaded by community, whether it's familial or whether it's, you know, um, community at large, um, do what's in your heart because you love it. Um, and be an inspiration as much as possible to people because we need uh, young people to come up and be the best souls, the best spirits, the best people the most creative um, in order for um, amazing life to perpetuate on this planet and in this realm. You know, we need that. And if we don't um, inspire people to be that, to grow into that, to do that, we're going to be in trouble because there's a lot that is um, anti that. You know, if you look at a lot of the stuff that's happening on the internet, you know, stuff that's happening on television, you know, stuff that's written about, stuff that's sung about. I was listening to some music this morning, just listening to, you know, some of the new caps, and I'm not gonna mention the names, but yeah. the profanity was like, are you kidding? Do you really have to curse every other word to get your point across? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, <laughs> there's another way to do it. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily have to do that. Okay, if you say one or two here, okay, you know, but every other word, you know, do you have to do that? I mean, I don't find that to be uplifting, right. you know, and um, so please, everyone, you know, do the things that you love because you love them and share those things as much as possible with other people so that you can inspire them to do what they love. We can inspire uh, quote unquote goodness. We can inspire positivity. We can inspire creativity. You know, we can inspire integrity. Mm -hmm. We can inspire pristineness. Um, and if we do these things, then this world could change just like that okay. into a place that is so much more kind, so much more loving, um, and just so much more, uh, uh, giving to to creating beautiful life yeah. you know we can do that yeah. um there's a lot of negativity uh, but there's also a lot of positivity so we have to tip that scale and keep tipping it so that the, the the positivity becomes you know 
not only the majority, but it becomes the way. That's right. When you think that God's highest language is silence, music is right next to silence. Our music is able to go all over the world and throughout the universe and inspire. Higher than any politic, higher than anything is music. Yeah. And that's what you do. And that's what <laughs> we are here to do. So we're going to be ruthless with it. We're going to throw it down hard and strong and shake it and keep the people inspired. I thank you for your love today. You're beautiful as always. And I can't wait to see you back over here again. And I just want everyone to pay real attention to what you're saying because the history that you know is uh, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I do hope you make your books, your DVDs on your life, what you've seen, what you know, because it will never come again. It will never come again. I love you so much. Have a great, great day. I love you too. You too. Thank you so much for this. Right, Always a pleasure you. to be around you. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I know you loved and really enjoyed this interview with Cindy. She's so beautiful and magnificent and magnificent. Thank you, Cindy, for your time today. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for your insights. And thank you for keeping the music alive and blazing. All the love to you and love to our fans. This is your brother, Nardo Michael Walden, signing off for Upbeat with Modern Drummer Magazine. ow See you next week. Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening and watching. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.